Welcome everybody to SurviveAndProtectOnline.com. This is the website where you can take online video courses and you can also learn personal protection, urban survival, and everything in between. Starting in January 2021, Survive and Protect will begin its Survive and Protect Academy. To become a student of the Survive and Protect Academy, all you need to do is go to SurviveAndProtectOnline.com, click on the Attend S&P Academy button, and scroll down the page till you see a set of instructions that will show you how to become a student of the Survive and Protect Academy. In the Survive and Protect Academy, you will get exclusive content that will not be on any of Survive and Protect's social media platforms. So be sure to join us today by going to SurviveAndProtectOnline.com and come down to the bottom of the page, enter your email address, and click the subscribe button. So before we go, always remember to be aware, wash the hands, and have a plan. We'll see you soon. Peace Tree Corners, Norcross, Atlanta. You're rocking with the best, baby. Thoughts of the week. Let's get it. Welcome everybody to Thoughts of the Week podcast. And this episode, I told you guys that I wanted to start doing some interviews. And one of the subjects I wanted to touch on is definitely martial arts, uh, combative, self-defense. And lately I haven't been seeing, in over years, you you don't really see too many black martial artists or black people that's into self-defense, personal protection, combatives, things of that sort. And so I was checking out some um, social media posts and one of the guys that I was looking into was this guy I'm about to interview now by the name of Manny OG. All right, I've been checking out some of his work on uh, Instagram and Facebook, and I thought he'd be uh, somebody that, you know, from the stuff I was looking at, it'll be somebody that I thought I would um, showcase, and there'll be plenty others as well. I'm going to try to find uh, males and females that are black, because I, I feel like there's not enough of them being shown, and people might not know about them, and it doesn't have to be anybody super popular just even on a local tip, whatever city or state they might be in, if I come across that, then I'm going to try to get in contact with them and do some interviews with them, all right? And I think it'll be beneficial as well for adults as well as kids coming up so they can see a lot more of black folks who are really into this stuff, all right? And then, of course, get some perspective, get some tips, advice to go along with it. All right, so with that being said, let's take a, um, we're going to go into this interview, Manny OG, all right? So check it out. There we go. See my man answer in. Yo, what's going on? Yeah, what's up? Manny, what's up, man? Okay. First of all, I want to thank you for even taking this call, number one. Thank I appreciate you. that, man. Well, um, what's, how's, how's the weather out there on your end? Uh, it's a bit chilly and warm at the same time. The British weather is oh. really funny. Okay. I'm trusted. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. All right, man. So... So for one, what what got you started into uh, the martial arts? Uh, I think when I was little, uh, Wesley Snipes. You said Wesley Snipes? Yep. What uh what in particular? Sir? Movies or what? His movies. Oh. I just like the way he fought. He fought his movies. Mostly one of one of my favorites was uh, Passenger Fifty Seven. Yeah, and, money, and that was uh, Money Train. Those two films okay, really okay. inspired me into martial arts. 
Okay. And all, but but I didn't go into it uh, officially. I was just like you know playing around with friends back then when I was a kid and all that. And um, one other person, uh, I don't know if you know him. I think he's retired now. Lauren Avedon. Okay, I never heard of Lauren Avedon. Yeah, the I think the second uh, No Retreat, No Surrender film. Okay. The kid there. Yeah, that's another person that inspired me into martial arts, and you know, and uh, I started off with um, with kickboxing. Okay. Years ago, I did that for about four or five years, and then um, I moved on to taekwondo. Okay. Taekwondo for about six years. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, but I never moved up the belt though, because I just love sparring and fighting. I didn't care about belt until later on. Like, oh yeah, I should have actually do some grading, you know? Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. So, and then uh, this was like in the early 2000s. I'm quite young. I'm 32 now. So yeah, in the early 2000s, this was. So when I uh, anyway, so um, after I moved. Uh, from Nigeria to the UK okay. uh, years ago, I started experiencing uh, other martial arts. Okay, okay. And then I discovered um, Pilat, Pentaxilat Sharaf to be specific. And I followed that. I've been doing it for about five, six years now, and it's one of the best things I've ever practiced. And you know, it's worked for me. Right, right, right. And also, it also in my um, private security job that I do. It also helps and all that. And so since then, I've never looked back. I just practice and practice. I've got, I got a few, I've got a students that I teach as well. Okay. Uh, we group here in the UK. All right. Yeah, so that's the brief of my martial arts journey. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I was going to ask you if you if you actually taught other uh, students, but you already you answered that question for me, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, when you was mentioning, um, Wesley Snipes, and you know, I, I guess you know that he does actually, he's into the martial arts as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So how, how often do you um, do you train? Because I look at some of your um, work on uh, Facebook and Instagram, and I see you got a lot of videos doing a lot of different workouts and um, exercises as well and doing weapons and stuff like that. So how often do you actually train? Every day. Every day? Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, I give myself like um, at least two hours a day. Mm. If I'm not if I'm not working, if I'm sorry, if I'm working two hours a day, if I'm off work four hours. Okay. Straight, I like to train. Yeah. Right, right, right. The other thing that it's it, it like uh, it's like my own kind of high. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if it's just me, but whenever I don't train, I feel this sense of guilt. Yeah. In me. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Like, yeah, like, nah, I must train. So <laughs> if I go in, I put like a few hours in. Like I said, if I'm busy that day working, I got two. I'm not. I'm, I put in like four hours. You know, I make sure I do it, especially during the night, because the family will be in bed, and I just take out into the garage, my own gym, and do my thing. Right, right. So, but I train every day, every day. Okay, okay. And you said you work for. Um, are you currently working for a private security? Yeah, I used to do that full time, but now I do it part time because um, the climate changed here right. over, over the few years, and also so not to get myself into trouble with other people, I just you know stop that and focus on my actual expertise, which is computer programming at the moment. So I'm currently working from home as a programmer. Okay. But once in a while, I go out and do some like private security jobs, you know, just you know, just to. What is there? It's available because I actually want to do it, you know. Right, right, right. Right. Okay. Okay. Cool. Have you ever been into any any actual altercations during during your job? Oh, plenty. <laughs> plenty. It comes with the job. That's the thing. But you know, just have to deal with it. I have. I have. Okay. okay. Yeah. What um, what lessons have you learned? that you can kind of uh, pass on to people who might be listening to the podcast in regards to actually reality 
dealing with confrontations and having to do things physically what can what can, what tips can you pass off to people what have you well, let me say this what what have you actually learned from some of your experiences one thing the, the first thing that i've learned and i learned that the hard way is never respond to an incident without backup ah yeah gotcha. never go without backup gotcha gotcha and yeah, I had, an, I had a situation where I was trying to like pick somebody out of a, a particular residence venue actually, uh -huh. and he was, you know, resistant. So I had to like force him out. While I was doing that, one of his friends jumped on me. Mm. And, yeah, and it was an all-out brawl. Before wow. my colleagues knew what was happening, it was like 40 seconds up. You know, and that 40 seconds can either take your life or cause severe damage to you. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, uh, that's one of the first things, yeah. And the second is, um, keep your head on a swivel. Keep <laughs> your head on a swivel. Absolutely. That's, that's awareness. No matter how good you are in self-defense, if your awareness is zero, you're basically dead, you know. I, I usually say self-defense is actually 90% awareness, 10% mm. physical training. There you go. Okay. You must be aware. You must be aware of your surroundings. Yes, many people who are skillful fighters, skillful martial artists, but they haven't got sense of the environment. They don't know how to master the environment. Now, sometimes it's not just... Um, being aware is the mastery of your environment. So, for example, you are going, let's say you're going into a house for the first time. Right. For me, the first thing I look up, the first thing I look for is the closest exit apart from the one I'm coming in through. Mm-hmm. Well, if there is none, then I'll, find, I'll look for a way to stand by the one I just came in through. Right, right. Or I stay close to a window. I know I can easily break with something and I'm out. But you never know. Yeah. Nobody prays for all these things to happen, but you know sometimes it does. Right. You know? Right. You go, you go in, you go into a street for the first time, or maybe not for the first time. You always watch all the angles, see there's a spot as the eye. Because sometimes people who are standing on the street are not just standing. Sometimes they are spotters. You know, you don't know if they're after you or someone else. You right. never know. Sometimes we in private security people call us paranoid, but I rather be paranoid and safe right. than you know, that aloof and unsafe. Well, I, I understand where you're coming from. And yeah, you're right. Um, a lot of times it's the awareness that gets a lot of people because I would look at the news a lot and they'll show different um, crimes that took place and different incidents. And um, there was a few incidents that happened a few months ago where there were um, some shootings in the mall. Somebody got in an argument and then some you know shooting started ringing out and somebody actually took footage of it and I was just watching the, I was watching the video. Then I would explain to my girlfriend and and some and some friends, like showing them different things about how aware these people were, and or how mm -hmm. or how unaware they actually were when the incident started happening. And so it was like a learning moment for them because they didn't. Every time I see something, I go, they wasn't aware what was going on around them. Oh. That's what happened. Yeah. Every time. I'm like that as well. Yeah. I'm like that as well. Especially with me, with the, with the students and sometimes my family as well. I tell them when something, I'm like, look at this way he went from this way that went from. Sometimes they find you boring, but it's good education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nevertheless. <laughs> Another way that this awareness has helped me, uh, I can vividly remember this one. Uh, sometime, I think, last year, no, two years ago, actually, two years ago, this kid came into the bar, was working, and in, I just didn't feel right about him. I just noticed something just said, freeze this guy, freeze this guy. I'm uh. like, okay, how do I do that? Then I just did, you know, what I call a dynamic frisking. You're walking about frisking people. They think you're giving them a handshake and a hug, but you're actually frisking them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then I realized he's got a blade. But I felt the handle actually on mm. the hip, you know, on his hip. Okay. And I called him to one side and I listened, mate. Um, 
I know you've got something on you there. Why don't you just pass it along and, you know, let's just, I don't want to cause any incidents. Right. We argued about it. Like, I'm like, listen, your sewage is going to happen, right? I either take it off you and enjoy you in the process, right. or you try using it and take it off you and enjoy you in the process. Either way. <laughs> right, 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 right. Then, you know, when you saw I was serious, you, I took him to a corner away from the CCTV just to do him that due diligence, you know? Right. Took him down, just took the knife off him. When he brought the knife out, honestly, right? The longest kitchen knife I've ever seen. Mm. About 13 inches long, plus the handle be like 15 inches long. Wow. Sharp, like a proper chef's knife. You know? Yeah, wow. And nobody knew my colleague. I had three guys working with me that night. They didn't know. The manager of the bar was standing there, but he didn't know what happened. I had to call him outside and say, this is what I took off someone. He's like, how do you know that? I forget about it. <laughs> you have to be. Yeah, because they are not aware. They're just standing there looking for customers coming in and paying money and all that. While, you know, those of us that actually take this job seriously. Absolutely. You know what we look for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And later on, we found out that the guy has got mental issues. just looking for someone to start thinking there's people after him. So imagine if you have kicked off that night and having people around. So that would have been a lot of paperwork for me. Mm. So with with the with my awareness, I was able to like diffuse that situation before it got out of hand. And when he saw me the following week, well, you know, I would say, I wouldn't say friends, but he was friendly with me. I know that because I didn't like, I would say snitch him or anything. I just maintained that policy. I'm like, listen, you give me the knife, I'll let you come in whenever you want to come in, but I'm going to touch you each time you come in. Right. This treat, you know? this treat them respectfully goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. When you, when you do that, people become allies. Not, 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 not as much friends, but allies. Right. You know, so yeah, awareness is key at all times. Right, right. At all times. I've seen different places that I've worked with guys that know actually MMA fighters got getting sucker punched. You know, standing nose to nose, head forehead to forehead with people and arguing and like that guy could just shank you. What are you doing? <laughs> and he, way. Don't you don't have to prove a point. Right. And he and you say these are MMA fighters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just stand just stand back. You don't know, because he People just got this thing that because they do certain kind of martial arts, they've got this street cred and nothing can happen. Nobody cares. You right, know? right. Nobody right. cares. You're trying to prove a point out that you get killed. People, you know, um, mourn you for like two or three weeks. Life goes on and you're dead. Yeah. Absolutely. I've got a family. I don't want to go through that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you no. Know? I yeah. just want to do my job peacefully as much as I can and go unless I consider my life under considerable threat like proper threat i know i'm either gonna die or walk away then yeah i engage otherwise i'm sorry handshake that's enough i walk away yeah absolutely common common sense conflict management or conflict resolution you want to call it that you know absolutely absolutely so so what do you think in 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 saying that maybe a lot of people think that the ring Fighting in the ring and fighting in the street are the one in the same, but it's not. <laughs> it's not because in the ring, in the dojo, on the mat, everybody is in on the plan. Everybody right. knows what's happening. Right. You know, you either punching straight or hook or uppercut, you know, or whatever kind of conventional orthodox punching. I think that they do. Yeah. While on the street, while you're throwing a punch. The person you're pointing is picking up a, a, a big piece of wood from the ground. I'm hitting you with it, your rib, your knee. He doesn't care. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. While you're punching him and you're on him doing your pounding and all that, he brings out a knife or something sharp and stabs you, and you're dead. Yeah. While yeah. you're on him trying to grapple and kick him and punch all those things, he's, he's got friends. They're going to come and kick you in the head. Where's your MMA? Where's your. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, it's it's different. It's, it's only a few people that actual you know professional fighters that have actually discovered the difference, and then they train accordingly. Yeah. You know, if they're training for the mat and the ring, they train for the mat and the ring, and then when they want to train for the street, they train for the street. It's very few. Mm. While the others, the I will say an example. I've got 
I work with many MMA fighters on the doors, right? Okay. And one of them got into a, a fight. The first one got into a fight with someone, and it was just, it was like a conversation between the both of them. You know, I punch you one, you punch me two, I punch you two, you punch me three, that was kind of, I'm like, <laughs> what's, this, what's he doing? Right. You know, why are you, what's this? Stop him. Get him down, and let's take him away. But he's just trying to prove a point that he's a good boxer, or it, that kind of thing, and it was really, really annoying. Yeah, I understand. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't annoyed as much as the, the person provoking him. I was annoyed with him engaging the person in that way. Right. You know, what if we were, we were not there? What if he had friends and they all jumped on him? Yeah. Where does where is he make? You practice your thing with just one person. There's no multiple opponents in the ring. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And there, and this and there's this other guy as well that um, he was working with me. Then he started to try my classes. Mm -hmm. He came over and um, you know I just played with him. We played just be where we can start off. And then he did this. I don't know what they call it honestly. Um, where they uh, grapple you in a chokehold and sit behind you and cross their legs all over you. Do you know what they call it? Why you're standing or why you're sitting down? Why are you sitting down? Uh, I know what you're talking about, but I don't. I can't remember what they call it. But they got you in a in a sleeper and they wrap their legs around your waist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's what he did. While he was doing that, I brought him a karambit and tried to slice off his femoral artery. <laughs> oh. My karambit is it's a trailer karambit, but metal. Right, right. He, he, I, I did it hard enough for him to feel the thing. He jumped off. I'm like, ah, okay. I'm like, why did you do that? I'm like, that's what I'll do. I think I'll be tapping. I'm not tapping out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm assuming trying to kill me, so I'll kill you first. I mean, yeah, I'll pass out eventually, but you die in a few seconds, and then I'll wake up and walk home. <laughs> you know? That... So it, 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 it... Sorry? Go ahead, go ahead. So that's one thing that I did that opened up his mind to like, wow, this thing could actually happen out there, you know? Yeah. People are actually, there are people actually going about with weapons. I mean, in the U.S., so where you are, yeah. it's probably illegal to go about with your open car, you firearm or blade. While right here, it's illegal. Oh. But there are still people doing it. Okay. You know, either with a knife or a screwdriver, whatever, it's something sharp that can actually cause damage to people absolutely you know? so i told them that that's, that's what will happen someone like me i'm not gonna bother i'm not gonna try and exchange punches and throws with you and kicks and all that it's too tiring right you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna obliterate you and be on my way home you know <laughs> so, absolutely it, yeah yeah so when they ask why i say well because that's what i trained for I haven't got that stamina to stay in the ring and fight for you for two hours. Right. For, right. for um, all those, I haven't got that stamina. Right. I train for like they, that. They get it done like quickly. That. That's yeah. how I train. Right. And leave. Like I was not, one of my mentors say, wreck shit and leave like you were never there. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, man. And, um, and I also like, I also told him that I train like an old man. Mm. I'm 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 32, but I believe my mentors when they say old age and treachery beat youth and vigor. Mm. Okay, okay. Old age so and treachery beats youth and vigor. Beat youth and vigor. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So sometimes when I train, I use that mentality that I want to be treacherous in what I'm doing. Absolutely. I don't want to be a gentleman. I'm not a gentleman. I don't want to be a gentleman when I'm fighting. Absolutely. I want to be as treacherous as possible and get shit done and leave. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, yeah that's just basic, uh, my big mentality when it comes to martial arts or the street, as it were. Yeah, I, w I was going to say, I was going to ask you that, and... um as far as like what's your philosophy of the streets because i, I kind of i agree with what you're saying that's just that's that's my mentality too and being from where i used to work my you know as law enforcement mm. that was the mentality yeah. that you have to hurry up and get in take people out because you gotta cuff them get them out of there because then you got crowds of people that want to get involved after a while and yeah. so you yeah. got to really do your thing yeah. quick and um 
it looks it looks like we're on the same uh, wavelength here because I seem to be asking some of the questions as well you are for yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes indeed. That indeed. So were you um you said you were taught by somebody. Have you uh, have you ever done any self teaching self study on your own as well? Oh yeah, I do self study every day. I did today. I've got I've got books, I've got videos, I've got material that I train with. If I maybe probably maybe later on I might take a picture and show you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my one part of my wardrobe upstairs in the house is like books, martial arts, security, mm. self defense different stuff, you know, both salad, Muay Thai, different stuff, just getting ideas of what will work for me. Because the thing is, you are different. I'm different. Right. My coach is different. Everybody's different. What works for you sometimes physically might not work for me, depending on our physicality and on our flexibility or agility. Yeah. You know, dependent. So if you punch straight, doesn't mean I have to punch straight, even if you've got the same principle, the same mindset. Mm-hmm. So I look for ways to adjust it to how I would do it. So I, I, I view martial arts uh, as a template. I view it as a template. You know, it's there. You've got that. Now make it work for you. Right, right. So just because, just, just because someone did the um, double backflip spinning hook kick. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, mean, doesn't mean you should do the same. Right. <laughs> If you got a gun, just shoot the person and be on your way. Eh? Oh, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so yeah. That, that is, I, I train, or I, I actually do self-study all the time. I create videos for myself, then I, you know, I watch it over and over. I'm like, oh, okay, this is something I've done wrong. I missed that part. I didn't snap well here. I didn't do enough breathing here. Uh-huh. My twist in my hip didn't go right. Do it again. You know, till it becomes you know, second nature and natural for me that I move on to the next thing that I believe I may be lacking or what I'm improve on on my own. Right. What do you think about um shadow boxing? Like practicing on your own and doing a lot of shadow martial arts on your own as a as a form of um training. I believe it's good. Okay. I believe it's good, especially if you've got a good imagination. If your imagination, I would say imaginative skills, so to speak, is good. Okay. You know, visualize your opponent in front of you. What are they doing? What are they going to do next? How do you want to counter and shadow box or shadow spar accordingly? Okay. Okay. Yeah, especially now that we've got this lockdown going on globally. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going to be forced to do that anyway, so, you know. Yep, most definitely. Most definitely. Oh, it's also a good workout as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. What um in regards to the students you train, do you uh do you take the same mindset as far as like you mentioned earlier, which I also agree with, I have the mindset that you gotta kinda you gotta train for any type of circumstance as much as you possibly can. For instance, um, if you end up on the ground, you got to learn how to deal with fighting from the ground. If you end up close in, in a clinch, you got to know how to deal with fighting in the clinch. If someone pulls out a weapon, you got to know how to deal with that. And as far as that mindset, do you do you train your um, the students you teach the same mindset in regards to that? Yeah, I do. But um, with, with regards to mindset, the first thing that I do before I start teaching anybody physically is mindset right i let them know you are here to learn how to defend yourself to learn how to fight in the street as it were i'll, I'll just use those words exactly so if you're looking for sports or fitness that could be a byproduct of what you're about to do yeah mm. we fight yeah we'll learn to deal with threats yeah we'll learn how to manage conflict okay Right. And then I let them know that in you have to develop a violent mindset, but a calm demeanor. Right, right. Your mind is, you should, you should, when you look at someone, you must have killed that person a thousand times and over in your head, but you're still smiling at them physically. 
Mm-hmm. That's what we do. That's what that's what the teacher prepare your mind. There's gonna be bruises. There's gonna be tears, and sometimes there might be blood. Right. Don't freak out. It's weakness leaving your body. If you get you better, you might as well get to you get used to it here than outside. You know. And sometimes training is gonna be really disgusting. By disgusting, I mean sometimes what I do raw egg, right? Put it in our mouth and train for like half an hour without spitting out. Mm. That's what train of disgust. When they ask why, I think, okay, what if you're in a situation where there's blood and piss and shit all over the place, but you still have to fight and get your way out? Do you think you're going to have the time to be wretched and vomiting all over the place? <laughs> no, you won't have that time because you want to get out. Absolutely. So, withstand that disgust and save your life and treat yourself for any stupid germs, whatever you might have contacted later on. You know? So, things like that. And then, when it comes to like the physical aspect, uh, you mentioned uh, going on the ground and all that. I I usually say try not to get on the ground. Right. Always trying to get you on the ground, let go and disengage. Mm. Because the ground, the pavement arena is different from you know when we train safely in the dojo or on the mat and all that. Right. Right. You know, your body might not be as conditioned as it to withstand the pressure from a concrete floor or concrete ground, or whatever the place is you're fighting on. Also, environmental factors, there could be sharp objects on the ground, so you don't want to be rolling with someone on the ground. And also, there could be, the person could have weapons on them. What if you haven't got your own weapon? Right. You don't want to be on the ground struggling with someone, and then they bring out a weapon, and then they shank you with it, or maybe, you know, shoot you. If right. they have got a fire on but if you do get on the ground, fight your way back up. Right. That's what I usually do. Then I, you know, I show them how to like fight their way back up and all that. Because, you know, staying on the ground, it's, I, I, I disagree with it. I disagree ground. With I train ground fighting. Right. Don't get me wrong. I train ground fighting, ground wrestling and grappling. It's all involved in the lot, you know, but I try not to stay there. Right, I do. Man. I do it to get back up, not to stay there and choke somebody out or do anything like that. Right. So the first thing when it comes to teaching is the mindset that I give them that it's for violence, not for sports. It's for causing severe damage to somebody, not to score points or prove a point that you are a better fighter. Like one of my mentors, uh, Ibrahim Rahim. I think he's based in the U.S. as well. He's one of the my mentors in that shut up. Okay. Said. You have to be like water, but not like Bruce Lee, kind of be like water. And it be like water in the sense that if you touch water, you become wet. <laughs> so if, so if someone touches you, that part of the body they're using touching you should be destroyed. Right, right, right. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Like, like you were saying... Um, I do agree with that as well with the uh, the mindset. You got to be prepared to um, like some people would just come in with the mindset of, oh, I just got to fight back. But sometimes you might you have to be prepared to be in the mindset that your part of your fighting might end up you killing a person. And are you prepared yeah, for that? that? Are you prepared mentally for that as reason. well? That is the reason why I've got only like seven students mm. who've been training with me for a while. Okay. When I first started, I had like 15. Wow. And because I couldn't stand that mindset thing, it reduced. So wow. I'm not looking for any more students. I just train the ones I want to train. Right, right. You know, because I've had people come to my class and break down in tears, male and female, mm. and cry that they can't. They don't want to train. They want to go. Mm. I've had people call money. I've seen your videos. I like them. I want to train what you train. I'm looking for something realistic, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and they come in. After the first half an hour, they're like, can I leave? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then <laughs> I check up on them. I ring them. I want to say, no, sorry, it's not for me. It's too full on, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you say it wasn't realistic. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm... Uh, at first, it bothered me a bit. I've had so many people, so many people tell me, 
please money, tone it down a bit, and then you have more people come train with you. It was a it was a dilemma. I'm not gonna lie. This is one of the things that people who teach real stuff face that I believe they face. Right, right, right. People who teach real things, what? not sports, not commercialized McDojos, like proper martial arts as it should be for warfare. Right. Urban, especially now, in the modern age, is urban jungle warfare. Right, right. You know? let, let me cut. Let me cut you off real quick. Let me cut you off real quick. Is it? Is it the? Is it the physical part of your training, or is it the fact that you're telling them that hey, look, you might get cut, you might get stabbed, you possibly get shot, or you might end up having to do that to the other person? Which one of those is the ones that's actually keeping them from? Or stopping them from coming back? Is it the the physical work? Are you are you like hitting them real hard, or is it just the telling them what's gonna what could possibly happen and getting them mentally prepared for it? No, I don't think I hit anybody really hard. I did hit people really hard. I don't think I have any more. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, everybody <laughs> run away from me, you know. But I think mostly is the from my experience what I've seen is when I tell them that. They're like, eh, no, no problem, you know. But when they see it being demonstrated in class, being shown in class, they're like, oh, okay, so that's what he means. He wasn't joking. Right. Like, no, this is not for me. Okay. I've had a few people coming, uh, you know, from different martial arts backgrounds, coming to train and all that. I told them, I'm not here to tell you what you're doing is shit. Right, right. I'm not telling you to tell you to forget it. Keep it, keep practicing it. Have this as an added skill. You know, right, right, right. It, it'll help. So, um, you know, I've, they come in, they train, I'm like, you know, like, oh, this is not for me. I don't want to be playing with knives. Knives are dangerous. I'm like, cool. Mm. Not for you. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that, but that's why I train. Right. You know, right. It, I play with knives all the time. I do empty handed knives. It depends. I'm not going to wash it down for you. Right. That's me being dishonest to you. Right, and right. To myself and to myself. Yeah, I'm not gonna water it down. I'll teach it as it is. If you can accept it, fine. If you can't accept it, I bid you farewell. Go do something else that you find more, you know, more useful to you. Right. So, like, like, like I was, like I was gonna say before, it's one of the things challenges that um, teach you real stuff. Face people yeah. coming to you that the reason why you don't have students on it. I'm not, I'm not shitting you, brother. Yeah. I've had three. Yeah, I would say they've been teaching for like. 20, 15 odd years before I started teaching, they come to me and say, Manny, the reason why you don't have students is because the training is too hard and you're not making it fun. I'm like, what's more fun than playing with knives <laughs> and doing it safe? You know, yeah. it's not sports. What you do is a sport. You know all this freestyle kickboxing that they dress like clowns with all over colors all over themselves and all that. Right. What you do is sports. What I teach is self-defense. It's real, realistic. Right. You know, the, the streets ain't gonna, say, yes. the streets are not gonna play with you. So while playing, in no, the, no, yeah. they're, they're not. Nobody's, nobody's gonna be doing all those, um, hiya, hiya. Yeah, ping, exactly. Ping, 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 and then call one point, then referee separates you, call another point. No, no, nobody's doing that. No refs everybody in the street. Wants to, <laughs> no, everybody, everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to survive. What I teach is survival. Right. It's not sport. I could get punched in the face, get my eyes, die, gouged out, get hit, but I'm going to make sure I survive and make sure that person does not for doing that shit to me. That is what I teach. Right. So I tried watering it down, and I'm not going to lie to you, it, it didn't go well. Mm. It was just looking like people playing butter cake, butter cake, bake me a cake. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, I understand. I just thought. I just thought I'm like, no, nope, I'm going to teach it as it was taught to me. Whoever wants to learn, learn. Whoever doesn't want to learn, be on your way because I'm going to have to be honest, you know? Right. It's putting them in danger, letting them think they're learning something useful that when they get in danger, trying to use it, it fails. And who gets the blame? Me. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll yeah. be like, where did you learn from? Oh, it's money. Yep. Oh, it's, it's shit. Like, <laughs> you know, but... From what I know so far in this local area that I live, no one has got any shit to say about my, what I do. Mm -hmm. Because they're either scared to come try it, or they've seen it on maybe online, or see someone actually use it somewhere, they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I know that, I know, not shut up, I know what it is. Right. 
like I said, it, it depends on the on the person, what the one. I don't hit people too hard. I just show you what to do, show you, you know, places. I mean, everybody, for those who practice deeply, they know pressure points and all that. That's mostly in the style that I do. That's mostly what we do, what we attack. We make sure we are striking. We strike to break. Right. Not to cause bruise, to break. Right. But, although in, in class, it's done, you know, in a safe way. So, nah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's crippled yet in my group. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, man. Yeah, so that was another thing I was going to say is that um, what is your uh, your mindset or your philosophy on striking targets? Because I'm big on studying the body's targets and what um, what the targets do when you strike them so that the more you kind of study it and the more you, if you get into the real thing, then you automatically through, through training. Cause hit, for example, an exercise I would do off and on is whenever I go to the store or a mall or something like that, I would, as I'm walking, yeah. I, I would watch people, people, you know, when you're walking, people come past you in one direction yeah. and come past you. So I study, I start studying. I'll say, okay, their hands are down. What targets are available right now if I needed to strike them? I say, oh, mm. the side of the neck is open or all oh, the temple is open. Or if they if they had their hand up and they were scratching their head, I say, okay, now what's available now if I were to be fighting them right now? And I would do that training. Mm -hmm. Huh? I mean, your hands are up. The kidneys are open. Right, right. And I, and I would just I would just study a person. Like I might be at the register. Mm. And somebody might be putting groceries onto the uh, onto the register, and I would say, okay, now what is open right now? If I were to strike this person, oh, the ankle is open, or the side of the knee is mm -hmm. open, and I would train myself to do that till it gets to the point where if I actually get into the real thing, my mind is so much trained so many times to look for open targets that it becomes natural. So I was wondering if um, yeah. what, what was your mindset on as far as target striking? Uh, as far as target strike, I think it's, I would say it's almost the same. Right. You know, one of, the, one of the first things that I learned in target striking is, you know, we all do this thing where we wait for someone to punch us first before we defend ourselves. And it's it, like, you know, as a natural thing, especially during classes, sometimes when people train. That's one of, one of the first things that I learned to do is destroy that arm that is coming. Right, right. Either you break it. Or you make sure the bicep is ripped off. So um, I'm sure you know much of uh, if you if you understand the last, our blocks are not exactly blocks. They are strikes. strikes. Yeah, yeah. So if someone is coming at me with a straight point straight, I'm going there with a claw to his bicep or to his bicep or tricep. I'm pulling it off him, mm. ripping it off. You know. You know, so that was one of the first things that I learned with that. And there, but uh, like you said, I was I also look out for targets. One of the, to me, one of the easiest one is just going for the bridge of the nose. Right. Whether they, whether the hands are up or down, right. The bridge right. of the nose is always there. It destabilizes the, you know, in that split second, it destabilizes them. You either run or engage. You have that choice of running. Right. You know, right. I want to give myself that choice of leaving the scene. It However, when I've got when I haven't got that choice, then I you know make severe damage. Then leave. You know, so it it depends really. Sometimes it depends. I I do I do do that. I've got a wooden dummy uh -huh. that I just stand in front of, you know, and just strike whatever comes to mind. Right, right. You know, just the snappy shot, probably probably the knife edge or a punch. Just on the wooden dummy there, it trains me just for condition and also for like you know the target practice and all. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think it's, it's the same thing. It, it, it's really really good to do that. Visualize all those attacks. You know, when someone is standing close to you and you don't feel really comfortable, if you decide to move funny, what's the first place you're gonna attack? You know, things like that. Right, right, right. Um, as far as uh, training practices, um. For instance, what I would do is sometimes I'll turn on a movie and I'll turn the volume down. 
So there's no sound. Uh, mm -hmm. And every time the scene changes in the movie, I would throw a strike so I can try to do as fast as I can. That's one of my training practices. Huh. Yeah, but yeah, it'll teach you to it'll teach you to be more fast. Every time some a scene changes, throw a strike. And that'll be um that'll train train you for speed with your hand speed or kicks or whatever, elbow strikes. And um do you have any any practices or any training tips like that? That you might No, I do not. This is the first I'm hearing of it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I must start doing that now. Thank you. <laughs> there ain't no problem, man. No problem. No problem. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think that's a good idea. I haven't thought about that, to be honest. Yeah. I just train, you know, like your regular training for, for speed and um, target practice. Yeah. You know, especially on my wooden dummy if I haven't got a partner. But I haven't, I haven't thought about that. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah, like sometimes I'll be in a gym and on the treadmill, they have the little TV on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. And as the tra as I'm I'm walking or running on the treadmill, once the scene changes, I'll throw out a strike, and that trains my you know mm -hmm. to train myself to get faster. Or you can do it at home and just stand there and watch the TV, and when, every time it changes, the scene changes, throw a strike. Sometimes you can throw a combination of strikes every time a scene changes, just to um. Yeah, I think my, my family would just think I'm going crazy now. <laughs> I'm going martial arts, martial arts crazy. Everyone starts staying away from me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! All right, so uh, a couple of more, and then we get out of here, man. Um, one yeah, yeah. one thing that um, because we were talking about this earlier about fighting on the ground. One thing that bothered yeah. me because one of the things I like to do is I'll I'll actually go on like on YouTube. Uh, I don't know if I can find too much on Facebook, but I go on YouTube a lot, and I'll uh, look up a lot of real 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 fights that go on, and just to study so I can learn some things from you know watching these other fights and. One thing I noticed a lot, whether it's adults or it's kids, is whenever they get on the ground, they immediately start balling up and they just they just sit there and let them and let these guys mm -hmm. stomp them out and kick them. And I was always trying to think of you know what can be done in in regards to that, you know, because other because when these kids it can be like I said, it's kids or adults, and the moment they get on the ground and there's five or six people kicking on them. The only defense is just to ball themselves up, and but yet they're getting stomped in the head, and some of them are end up getting knocked out, and guys are still kicking them as they already passed out. So I was trying to figure out a way to deal with situations like that, and I think just by studying, like you say, you do, you read books, and um, I do the same thing, and that, and look at videos and stuff like that. And the best thing to do that I've come up with so far is to move as opposed to just sitting there and to keep it and to keep your hands more freer so you can you can strike people's legs or having the block kicks as opposed to just covering yourself up and just kind of rolling back and forth have you ever um have you ever come across that and watched videos like that and maybe had any yeah. had any ideas of how, like how would you handle how would you handle many, that many many videos but if I'm sure if you go through my Instagram page, you see many of the solo training I do is very low. Okay. I'm always on the low line, like mid, like proper low on the floor, squatting and training like that. Because I assume everybody, thing is because of the MMA craze, right. everybody wants to take you down. Right, right, right. Because of USC, everybody wants to take you to the ground and start pounding you, you know. So, majority of my own personal training is low. Train on the low line. I mean, if you look, if you look in Salat, that's what they call the Harimau. Harimau means tiger. You know, tiger style of fighting. So, I adopt that style for my own self and make sure whatever I'm doing stuff, I'm low, really low. So, what are my targets are like from your bowels right. all the way down to your ankle. Okay, okay. Because I assumed you've taken me down and I'm trying to get up and those are the places I'm going to strike to be safe. Right. From, you know, you are probably the group. However, if I'm on the, if, what I usually do, if I'm on the floor, my, it happened to me, like well, the thing I told you earlier about the six people jumping on me, it happened right. to me. I was trying to take their friend out, one pulled me, trying to give me a head look and pulled me to the ground. I felt the pressure and I just trust my chain down and so instead of a um what do you call it instead of a stranglehold it became a neck crank kind of almost a neck crank okay 
you know, when they took me down, the first thing I did, I made sure my chain was still the same place. So I landed on my back, on my lats, my muscle, the lats. Right. On the ground. So I kind of like bounced off the ground when I landed because of that. So while I did that, a person was still holding me behind. First, one of the, if I remember correctly, the first thing that I did is kick the friend in the ankle that was coming towards the throw a kick towards me. Mm. And then I rolled onto my side. When I rolled onto my side, I did some backhand smack to the person's groin, trying to hold me. Mm. And then, you know, more of them came to like six of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hold on. Yeah. Still like vital target to get me free from these people. Now, when, like you said about moving when you're on the ground, the, the move that I made when I was held down, I rolled on my side instead of trying to free myself. Now, when you roll, but while they're resisting, try shoving them sideways. They'll, they'll go flying. Hmm. to that and, and back going back to the ground situation another thing and I guess it goes back to what you said earlier and, it, and I kind of agree with the same philosophy of having like a, a ruthless mindset you got to be ruthless when it comes to dealing with being in the street is that another thing I noticed is when um 
like you mentioned, there was there's such a uh, MMA craze and fighting on the ground that too that too many too many people focus on just like to grab the limbs and to twist you over. But I noticed people don't think in a ruthless mindset, meaning go for the eyes, go for the throat, break the fingers, stuff like that. One, one, one kid is a, I think it's an amateur. Oh, there's so many MMA fighters around me where I live, honestly, I can't even count. You know, uh, I was working at the bar one night and he was cousin brother inside. So Chuck will kick him out and all. You know, he got into a fight with all the, my guys working with me and, you know, broke the whole thing and then he rushed at me. So I pinned myself against the wall and wedged myself there with one foot up and one foot down, you know, so I don't get struck right. on the wall. And then he tried to do that MMA takedown on me. Oh, I'm not going to lie, right? I almost laughed. <laughs> I almost laughed. I like, this kid, look at his spine open, look at his neck. I could just punch his neck and he'll fall. I would just elbow his spine and he's crippled. I could pull his ear, I could bite his hair, his ear, I could pull his hair. Yep. You know, I was just looking at all those things right. without doing anything yet. Because I was calling his friend, come get him off me, come get him off me. Because, you know, sometimes we martial artists, we that know this stuff and we that actually teach it, when you get involved in certain things, especially on the job, and the police come and ask questions and all those things, and then they realize you're a martial artist, sometimes the things you see, vibe you get from them is you should have known better <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, yeah so I tried not to engage him even if he was struggling to take me down and all that I just felt like 15 seconds or so when his friends you know his friends that had trouble letting getting him off me what I did I put one hand under his jaw and pulled up and the other hand in his love handle so I pulled them together at the same time. He yelled and let go. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine putting your hand under somebody's jaw and pulling. Yeah. When they're trying to take it out. That's what I did. He, he just <laughs> and let go. Mm. <laughs> Man. I just walked away because I couldn't, I couldn't be bothered, you know, exchanging words and threats and all that thing. So, yeah, it's the MMA craze. It's, uh, I don't know. People just be like, the, the truth is, I'm not gonna. I, I'm gonna be fair on the MMA guys as well. Is it? If you take somebody down, they're vulnerable. Right. That is the truth. They are vulnerable. That is what everybody goes for that takedown. But right. they forget that while you're doing that, you yourself you're open because you now you've got tunnel vision. You're just one person you are seeing and punching on the ground or kicking or whatever it is. You don't know if you've got friends or partner just lurking about. Right, right. So they just, they just come kick you in the head and that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's the thing with these takedowns. I call them takedown people. A <laughs> people I usually argue with it most of the time is the BJJ people. They just assume they're on the floor all the time, scrubbing their butts on the ground. I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm sorry if any BJJ person is hearing this. That's just how I yeah, eat yeah. them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man, I hear you. So, so lastly, or last, or coming to the last thing is, um, we you mentioned that you do, uh, you have different books. Is there one book that you can uh, recommend? That's a pretty good book that you already, as far as uh, self defense, because I got a lot of books too. I probably, uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you some pictures of um, some books that I got as well. Okay. Violence of the Mind by Varg Freeborn. Okay, okay. I'm sure you've heard of it. Yep, I did. And Meditation in Violence by Rory Miller. I think Meditation in, uh, in Case of Violence by Rory Miller. No, Rory Miller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Meditation in, uh, in Violence, I think. That's the name of that book. Meditations on violence. Meditations yeah. on violence, okay. Yeah, Rory Miller. And then Violence of the Mind by Val 
Okay. Those are mind. Those are for the mindset. The, the, the physical part is easy. Trust me. It's the mindset. Right. Right. The physical part is easy. Anybody can do it. But have they got that mindset to execute? Yep. No. Can they go through with it? If their life depending on it. Right. Are they pacifist? You know, are they? I mean, I'm a pacifist. I don't. I don't. I don't want to get in trouble. But if it comes to it, I keep my pacifist nature. The one to, at the back seat. Put on my survival instinct in the front. Like, listen, I'm gonna fucking kill you. You don't get out of my way now. And I'll mean it. Right. Right. You know, not just in, not just in talking. Also, in my voice and in my looks and all and like you know the aggression. I'll just try. I, I might not be angry. You know, but I'll just try and look angry and act angry and fuck myself and make myself quite as big. You know, create that little fear yeah. or caution in that person. Like, yeah, man, don't mess with this person. Just give his way and then I'll be out. You know? However, if they do insist, I'm like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll just from zero to a hundred and I'll leave like, you know, I wasn't there. Because you, you have to world is not nice. You, it's not like years ago where things, years ago, you know, things like this are not that crazy. But nowadays, people are, look, people are there inventing new ways of hurting people for no absolute reason. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you've got to, like, be prepared. Your mindset has to be prepared. If you see someone smacking your wife or your girlfriend on the street, you know, I've seen men who can't do anything. Mm. They just, you know, pull the lady away and walk away. Right. You know, I'm like, no, if that was my woman, regardless of what happened, you put your hand on her, I'm going to end you. Right, right. That is it. I'm defending mine. I'm defending my clan. I'm defending, defending her. It's also defending myself. Right. You know? So, if many people don't have that mindset. The, the thing is, it's not, it's, like I said, the physical part of it is really, really easy. It's the mindset. That's why most of my books that I read is mostly on mindset. Mindset, yeah. Mostly on the mindset of violence. You know, what are you prepared to do it if it happens? Right. You know, if someone posts, if you're fighting now, and someone spills their blood on you, are you going to say, hey, blood, or are you going to keep fighting and yep. make sure you destroy that them? You know, that's the thing. I have someone, <laughs> I had a lady few years ago who was training with me and she was like, oh, I don't like people, I don't like sweaty people touching me. I'm like, uh, okay, we shouldn't be here then. But everybody's going to be sweating. <laughs> <laughs> can't be, you can't be a German fool and be doing martial arts. It doesn't work like that. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's the mindset. Yeah. The mindset that comes. So it's, you know, like I said, uh, meditations and violence and uh, violence of the mind by Bob Freeborn. Of violence by Rory Miller, violence of the mind by Mark Freeman. Those are the books I would uh, recommend. Although my teacher himself has got some um, um, books, some little PDF material that he's written. If I if I do find them, I, maybe I could download them. I'll send them to you. Okay. Worry your mind. How to condition your mind? That's the first thing on our, on our syllabus. That's the first thing we give you to read. All right. You see pictures that would make you go sick. Like, oh, what is this? Preparing your mind that you could come, you could face something like that. Can you stand it? If you see someone in your in someone's head getting chopped up in front of you, can you stand it and fight your way out of it? Are you going to be freaking out and let them do the same to you without giving them a bite? Ah. <laughs> no, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, a little bit of background about my teacher. He's been... Funny, his life is funny because anywhere he is, there's always conflict. Right. Anywhere he's lived in Sudan, if you know Sudan, in mm. Africa, he's lived in Sudan. Okay. During the Sudanese crisis there, he's been chased all over, hunted down to be killed. You know, he's lived in Taiwan. Do you know when Taiwan we are doing their thing from with China? Mm. You know, he lived in Malaysia. He's currently now he's living in Japan currently. Okay. So, with all the places that he's lived all over the world, including Canada, I think, he's learned to, like, adjust our style to suit violence. Like, 
chaos now. Right. Are you gonna listen? The pandemic kicks off now, and people are going to Mad Max mode. What are you gonna do? Are you prepared? Right. Have you got a survival pack where you can just go pick up that bag and you're out? Yeah. You know, those are the kind of things you know that many people don't you know think about. Martial arts, self-defense, it's not just physical, it's the mental aspect of it. Right. It's the mental aspect of it mostly. Yeah. I'm sure there's people who can fight, who can throw a punch, but their survival mindset is on point. Right, right. Right, right. Yep, absolutely, man. I agree with you. I agree with you, man. So, hey, again, like I said, uh, I want to thank you for this interview, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad I did it. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for having me. All right. Um, real quick, just give everybody your uh, social media, maybe your Instagram, Facebook, and anything else you got so people can check you out. Uh, I've got my own page. It's called um, Facebook. It's called OG Combat Academy. That, uh, um, on Facebook and on Instagram, OG Combat Academy. And you know, on see what I do for the time there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's it. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. 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 My, my style. My style is there. Sorry. My style is there. Salat shut up. Salat shut up. Yes. Okay. Cool. S H A R A F. Gotcha. Salat shut up. Okay. Yeah. So. Gotcha, gotcha. You can also look it up as well. It's on Facebook as well. You just look it up. It's there. You see our old style uh, of fighting and our, men, our mentality, our principles, and how we do stuff. Cool. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate it. Again, um, for the folks who um end up listening to this uh, episode, you can check out my website at surviveandprotectonline.com. That's surviveandprotectonline.com. Um, on YouTube, um, Survive and Protect on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram as well. And again, my man, Manny OG, I appreciate you, man, for the interview. And uh, maybe we can do it again. All right, bro. All right, take care, my man. All right, man, take care. Bye. All right, man. That was uh, that was a cool interview. That was a cool interview. I hope hope this interview has brought some of you people who are into self defense and martial arts, particularly dealing with attacks in the real world, man. Dealing with the street. And um, like I said, it's a good interview, and I hope you guys got us got something out of it, got some benefit out of it, man. Again, that's Manny OG. I think he said is um you can check him out on Instagram at OG Combatives, I think. And I'll put I'll put the information on the screen here. And um like I said, man, that's that's it for Thoughts of the Week. So once again, you rocking with the best. This is Thoughts of the Week podcast. And as you know, I'm out of here. Peace.